from the only production company to bring high-powered, five-star caliber, sold-out poetry shows to the world-famous Houston Improv comes an original event that takes the art of spoken word to new heights. On Sunday, October 16th, Soul Caritas, Soul Poetry, and Lucy Pearl Sweets will premiere Pastries and Poetry, Spoken Word Under the Stars. Word to the wise, get your tickets today. VIP tickets are already selling thanks to local fans. General and VIP seats are still available. To secure your tickets, visit www.soulcaritas.com. Post Houston is located at 401 Franklin Street, Houston, Texas, 77201. All Soul Carita shows begin on time. Early arrival is highly recommended. Lucy Pearls presents Pastries and Poetry, Spoken Word Under the Stars, is presented by Soul Caritas, Soul Poetry, and Lucy Pearls Sweets. Daddy Houston. You are now listening to the Life is Not Complicated, You Are podcast. Here's your host, veteran, best-selling author, philanthropist, and youth advocate, Carlos Wallace. All right, I'm back with you on the Life is Not Complicated. You are podcast. I got a very special guest. I should have turned the mics on a long time ago because we've had about, I don't know, an hour or so of good conversation. So hopefully she'll remember some of it. Uh, I know who you are, but let the complicated crew know who you are. Complicated crew. (laughs) I am Jay McNair. I am owner of seventh made productions and i am founder and host of absolute audacity where we have dope empowering transparent conversations to help you shorten the length of time that it takes you to get your nerves together Mm. to do whatever whatever your it is um so video photography that's my thing that's my job job and i do the same thing you do I, i talk (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to introduce you as an artist because you do so much. I know. I was like, it's such an open-ended question. Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, when people when I interview, they be like, well, who are you gonna be today? Like, whoever you want me to be, like whatever you want to talk about. So I'm I'm gonna kind of do you like that because I know you can talk about anything. Right. Well, let's just go with that. Look, rewind, edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what made you want to jump into photography? Like, cause I that's that's how I, I met you. You know, mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so photography and it's funny though right so i actually liked photography kind of sort of first but when i started my production company it was just for video yeah yeah. um but maybe get into it so my family is really big on pictures okay like it's a whole thing it's ongoing joke but it's really not a joke Mm -hmm. like you go to somebody's house and you leave like no let me see what pictures you got like right. so we wow. have so many conversations about like pictures and that's always that was the dopest thing okay like we would be like just wherever and you just watching it's like you just watch people's eyes light up when they look at these pictures and have these conversations you're just like yeah these are the moments like you know what i mean right right and then so when it came to like video it's like video is pictures on steroids uh-huh, and uh-huh. so i did a um my dad's family has a family reunion every year. I know some people don't like every few. He's like, y'all have them every year? I'm like, oh, that's not Oh, yeah, normal. no, I family every year. Yeah, I'm like, year. Now, I don't attend every year, but it's every year. Right, so every year. And um, one year I decided, I was like, I'm just going to take video. Right? I really like, so in all my video, I love to do BTS. And I was like, I'm just going to record. And I'll mm-hmm. make a, you know, a DVD or whatever. And so I put the video together. Well, how old were you when you did this? This was, I was probably 19. I was still in school. Okay. In, in college and um so yeah I put that together 
and you know, back in the day on the DVDs, you could have like the chapters. And, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so our reunion is actually three days. So the first day you kind of come oh, in. Oh, y'all have a reunion reunion. <laughs> right. You come in the first night, you kind of just hang out, like everybody coming from wherever. It's a different city every year. Um, You kind of hang out, whatever. Saturday, there's a few different things you can do. You know, family breaks off, does whatever. Okay. And the Saturday night, we have a banquet. And, oh. Um, <laughs> at the banquet, obviously, you know, we kind of have food and all that. But then, like, one of my aunts, who basically is a family historian, will do, like, a little history thing. Like, right, my family is dope, by the way. Like, dope, dope. Right. Like, my great-grandmother was, like, friends with Muhammad Ali type stuff. Yeah. Like, the, like you know, like, they did real stuff. Okay. So, we'd have, like, a little history, you know, section. And then Sunday was the picnic. And then mm-hmm. you go home. So I had a little chapters and then I made a montage yeah. like with uh, to music at the end. And I just like, Garrett, well, I didn't give them. I sold DVDs. There you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and like the response was just like crazy when they were so excited. And obviously you see these people all the time, all the time, you know, whatever. And it's like yeah. family. And like the biggest thing was like the montage. And so the montage was pictures and, and video. Right. And I actually liked, I made my first montage in high school and I really mm-hmm. liked it or whatever, but like, it was just so crazy to see, these like be so excited about like you were literally there when it happened it's yeah like, oh well i missed this i missed that and like from then i was like this is the thing like, well I'm, I'll, I'll tell you as a <laughs> as a guy with deceased parents you know my parents died very young my mom was 47 dad 60 right mm-hmm. and and those are the moments that are that are magical now you know when right. i and and most of they were on vhs mm-hmm. and so i had that converted over to dvd and now right. it, you know i had to get the dvds ripped so i can right. stream it <laughs> but right. but uh but yeah you know and you always look back or at me anyway and think man i wish i would have done it more right you know and mine, mine weren't nearly as professional as yours. There was no <laughs> montage and chapters and nothing like that. It was just like push record, and, right? You know, so the camera was shaking, you know? right? But it's there. It's something I just thought was like so dope. And then, like you said, like people that are gone. So the first year that I did it, um, one of my aunts, she's like the matriarch of the family, which would have been my great aunt, maybe even great great. Mm-hmm. But um, and she came to every union, you know, that she was able to come to. But um, at the banquet, somebody asked her something. And she decided to, like, speak. Now, she's very social. She talks or whatever. Okay. But um, one of my aunts, other aunts, was like, oh, you know, say a few words, whatever. And so she spoke, and she actually told her age. That was a whole thing. It was like, oh, she said her age, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was this whole thing. She told some stories, and it was, like, the dopest thing. And one of my uncles saw it, my great-uncles, and he was just like, you don't know what you just got, you know, when yeah. you recorded that. He was like, she really had, like, a whole conversation. Like, this is, like, yeah. a thing. And he wanted to make this whole, like, kind of, like, anthology okay. like, of the family or whatever. And I was just like, we might kind of be in the minority, like, as a family. You know, because you know, you'll have that one, one person that does stuff. But, like, my family as a whole just kind of is obsessed with, like, right. pictures and whatever. Like, my aunt and uncles have, like, um, the, the little recording things you used to have. Like, you had to put the tape in it. Like, the oversized. Yes. They, yeah. they document everything. But, like, that's not everybody's, you know what I'm saying, yeah. reality. And so I was just like, this is a long answer, but I just started, like, people need that and they want that even if they don't know that they want it. Exactly. that's what made me get into it. Like, no, a lot of like, times they don't know until later. Like, right. man, I wish we'd recorded that. It's like, these are the moments. Yeah. So that's how yeah. I got into it. And I'm like, people should actually pay attention to these things. I agree. You know, since I've known you, you've always been a person that just kind of make up your own mind. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I, some say that about me as well. So I that's guess that's why I, I can really appreciate that, you know? <laughs> But uh, I know how I do it. But in a, in a society today where everybody is a follower, mm-hmm. you know, everybody want to be just like everybody else. Not you. You know, wow. you, you, you're different. And uh, 
again, I appreciate that. But how do you maintain that energy? Uh, that's actually a great question. Um, how do I maintain that? I just don't like. It's not that I don't like what other people are doing because, you know, people people do dope stuff. Right. I just um, like you said, when I get set on something, you know, if that's just what I do, I'm I'm going to do it. And so how I maintain it is kind of like self-checks, even if they're not conscious. Mm-hmm. Like, am I happy? Am I cool? Am I good? Like, right. whatever. I do not like to be bothered by anything okay. close. Like, if it, like, I'm a Libra. And so I joke sometimes when I'm so serious. Like, don't tip the scales. Right, right, Like, right. if it's out of balance, I don't want none of it. Hey, there you go. So that's just literally it. Like. No, I'm with you on that because my my favorite answer is, "Hey, hey, none of my business, man." Like, right? It, it has nothing to do with me. Man, did you know so and so? I had nothing to do with me, bro. Right. So, even uh, when they're talking, if you didn't say me, if you didn't mention my name, my mother, you say that all the time. <laughs> if they didn't say your name, they were not talking to you. Can't be. And I, I wish I could tell people that on social media all the time. Because, man, you see what so-and-so posted about me? And I'll go read it. And i go, I didn't see your name. Yeah, but I know they were talking about well, the force how. <laughs> yes. How do you know it's talking about you? And if it, if it was, and right. you know this, does it fit? If it does, hey, accept that, man. And, right. And, and fix what you need to fix. If exactly. it doesn't fit, move on, bro. Like, right. They don't know you, obviously. Right. But you feel yeah. a way. Which is a Some thing. kind of way. You know, like, I've heard people call me an Uncle Tom. And then I've heard people say that I'm a racist, you know, on the other side. If you say either one, you don't, you just you, don't know me. Surely you don't know me. You know, you know what I mean? And so when people, when it comes, gets back to me and people, does it bother you? And I'm like, no, what, why would it bother me? Has nothing to do with me. Not one Literally. thing. Not at all. You know, I know who I am mm-hmm. and I'm cool with that. You know right. what I mean? Um, but no, I, I, I appreciate that about you because, uh, again, you said like, that's probably why we click mm-hmm. because- Man, if everybody would just, you know, be you, be the best you. Right. And 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 be happy with that, right? Mm-hmm. And regardless of the outcome, you'll be happy, you know, right. if nothing else. Exactly. You know. Um, I know you you really like mentorship, you know. It's my jam. That's your jam. That's your jam. <laughs> it is. So I I want to talk to you about that because as you know, I I'm I love mentoring myself, you know, because me to me, it's not our words, it's God's, and it's just our place to share it, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what that is, whether it be information or, right. you know. And so how do you, like, what are your likes and dislikes when it comes to mentoring? Um, My likes are just seeing the development mm. and the progress, no matter what it is, who it is, you know, in any capacity. Um, I mean, it's just so dope. Like, especially when... You see, like, development of progress when somebody didn't even recognize it or, you know what I mean? Like, just because to me, I always say, like, I didn't give you anything that wasn't already there. You know what I'm saying? I brought it to your attention. There you go. Um, So it's like the self-discovery, like, that sort of thing. I just think that's the dopest thing. Um, And then my dislikes. Ooh. I guess it's kind of like with, like, how it is with teachers. Yeah. Like, if I'm doing it within a certain organization or something like that, you know, you start uh, putting, yeah. like, certain parameters and things like that. Like, yeah. I'm not really a fan of. No. But just, like, mentorship, just, like, at its base, I don't really have any dislikes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. That When it comes with instructions, I'm like, man, come on, dude. Like, right. You know, because when, when people ask me about, like, how do you choose who you mentor. And I was like, I don't, they choose me. <laughs> right. There, I mean? There's alignment. Yeah. Yeah. When they, when they 
you know, if it fits, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If someone calls me or, and, and it may just be a couple of conversations. It may be 10 years of conversations. Right. Like, you know, I don't really put a, you know, a limitation on it or an expectation. Right. Um, because I'm a believer that it, it never really ends, you know? Right. I meet with my mentor every Tuesday for like mm-hmm. the last 25 years, you know? Consistency. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there may be a Tuesday here or there that we missed, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I moved to New York. You know, it was once a month then. But, okay. but yeah, like, but we still over the phone mm-hmm. as needed, you know, uh, when I, when I, you know, come into whatever challenge it is, mm-hmm. even if he can't help me, he'll know someone that can, right? Right. You know what I mean? He'll the say, connection. hey. I don't know much about that, but here, call this number and just tell this guy I told you right. to call. I don't have an answer, but I can get it for you. Yeah. My father told me that when I joined the Navy, he said, hey, boy, when you get out there to California, you be careful. If you run into problems, call old dad. If I can't help you, we'll find somebody that I can. I mean, that's what it's about. <laughs> and then, I like, that's probably, so that would probably actually be my first. But, I don't know. It's probably one in, it's probably one in one A and one B. Yeah. It kind of alternates. But, like, like the relationships. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's the dopest thing. Because like you said, you don't choose your mentees. You know what I mean? They kind of right. choose you and it's just a degree of alignment. And so, like, anybody that I've mentored and people that have mentored me, like, you know, it's a real relationship. It wasn't like yeah. you entered some mentorship, like, program or something. You know, like, right. like to that degree. It's just like, no, like, you know these people. Like, mm-hmm. And I think there's that that matters. Like, you have to, like, develop a rapport. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. actually have interest in the people. So, yeah, the relationships, too, is also, like, super dope. Yeah, and I and I seem to get more out of uh, mentees when it's a relaxed environment, you know. Right. We, we go to a Rockets game, go to a Texans game, mm-hmm. or just hanging out, just you know whatever. Versus coming to my office at three o'clock and <laughs> having right, questions. Right. This whole like, <laughs> yeah, like stringent thing. Yeah, and that because it first of all it puts the kids at a disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're thinking. Or not even a kid. It could be an adult. Mm-hmm. Man, I got this much amount of time. I got to get everything squeezed into this right. amount of time. And if I don't, it was a waste or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, But when it's just a relaxed atmosphere right? and you just have conversation. You know, I tell Michael all the time, man, sometimes you answer questions I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even right. know that question was in here. And you right. gave me the answer. Right. And, and so it ends up being like that, you know, mm-hmm. when it's just a relaxed situation, you know. Right. And, like, I want to stop on that. Look, I'm taking over your show. No, no, you no. Said, like, things that you didn't even know, like, that you had or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard something a few weeks ago, and I was like, it's so facts. And they said, when you teach, when you teach, um, you learn twice. Yes, I agree. And I was like, those also, like, major facts. It's like, sometimes, I'm just, sometimes I'm just listening to myself talk, and I'm like, that's a whole thing. Or, like, yeah. actually, like, that's a bar. You know, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a thing, so. That yeah. is true. No, I, I agree with that. That repetition, and now you just sharpening your own sword, man. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of off subject, but I saw you post about it, and um, a couple of friends of mine in Dallas were, knew the guy, the football coach that was murdered. Mm-hmm. And I saw you post about it, and I never met him, but a very good friend of mine, if you've read my Life's Not Complicated book, I, I, it's a chapter in there about that, the success chapter. Friend of mine in my hometown, he was like that guy. He coached mm-hmm. all the kids and, you know, the whole nine. Somebody murdered him, a, a kid that used to look up to him, you know. Right. And when that happened, like really close to home. I only thought, I, you know, thought of Stacy all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're arguing at a Pop Warner football game. Like, 
those stories make me sad. They make me want to cry because I'm like, dude, it's just football. It can't be that serious. It can't be that serious, man. Your team lost, just going home, you know, practice right. harder and come back next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. How how did that make you feel? Like I said, I saw you post. I saw what you said about it, but mm-hmm. I, I want you to share it. I just, man, it's like, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's like, it's disheartening. It's frustrating. It's it's all the things. Um, So, I saw it, you know, like social media, you'll see stuff or whatever. You might scroll past it. I'm really, really particular about like information that I Correct. take in. And so, you know, I kind of saw the head, I kind of saw this, the headline the first time and I was just like, I don't have the energy for this right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that was probably like the night before, maybe like real early in the morning, like two, three, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw it again, like later in the day, like when I made that post, so I read it and I was just like, you are now listening to the life is not complicated. You are podcast. I mean, my first reaction was like, you can't be serious. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't be serious. And then I didn't watch the video. Um, oh, I didn't even know there was a video. I, yeah, I don't, really I probably don't want to see it though. It was, you can't see anything. You just see like an argument. And then like, of course, when the shots ring out, you know, everybody's running, you know, yeah. you don't see, it, but we hear it. And so, um, so I ended up seeing it because then it was on Instagram. On Instagram, you know, stuff automatically plays yeah. when you scroll. So that's how I ended up. And I was like, oh, you can't see anything. But initially, I didn't watch it. Um, but yeah, I was just like, you can't be serious. That was my response, like, for a while. And then I went and, you know, looked the guy up. And, mm-hmm. um, what's the guy? The football player's brother or whatever. And I was just like. Yeah. Well, funny thing. So the guy on my page, he posted, he wrote the thing. I normally don't get on Facebook, but I have to get on here and say, mm-hmm. I, that guy is on my page that wrote that. Okay. And uh, I don't know him personally, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, another promoter, a buddy of mine I've known since I started, he knows him. So that's how I guess he ended up on my page. And um, he he wrote it. And so that's what really got my attention because he really don't post on Facebook. Right, it's like, can you stop <laughs> yeah. like mine don't even post. Mine posts like twice a year, his wife's birthday and their anniversary. That's it, you know. But uh, so when he posted it, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of came and went, right? Mm-hmm. And then later, I'm watching ESPN and they say the football player, his brother's wanted in the murder. And I was like, I wonder if that's the same situation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I go look and it was the same situation. Right. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, it just can't be that serious. It can't be. And, like, <clears throat> so I also coach. Well, I did. This was my last season, this past season. I coached for nine years, um, basketball, high school girls, and, and middle school girls. And, you know, you think about, like, just stuff you've seen. I, I haven't had any, like, production like that in any of my games. But, you know, some of the other sports and stuff. And I always, like I said in the post, like, I've always said, like, how? Why? Mm. How do we get here? How did to, we get to here? any level of like? What you know, made you even take the gun? Right, like to this level of like rottiness, and I'm just like in my head, like, so I'm a major empath and I type, you know, I type stuff. But then I was like the mentor, me, the coach, the you know, just mm-hmm. whatever, all that. I'm just like with the babies. This with, is what we doing. That's first thing. My I, I got a buddy of mine. He's in, still in my hometown, uh, Lorenzo. He's still coaching all that, mm-hmm. you know. And when I call him. He, he, man, it, it really took him out. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, those kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of their life. Dude, like the babies. Yeah. I'm like, and even if it, I mean, obviously it did get to where it got to, which is utterly ridiculous. But even if it didn't escalate to that point, it's just like, with the children, what the fuck? 
like why you you arguing in but not in front of these kids man like it's so counterproductive it's yeah. so like anti everything like um one of the comments on there one of my cousins was like you know we're supposed to be teaching teamwork and you know all sort of stuff it's just like right it's like and you yeah. take it to the max yeah like on total opposite end of the spectrum and it's just like jesus and it's just like you would you hope that they'll be able to you know work through whatever but like Trauma is an understatement. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. No, like, that's that's real. No, that's real. That's like, real. Y'all just y'all can't be serious, and you like you have to do better. Like on so many levels, like a lot of things irritate me. I'm kind of I can be an irritable person on the inside, not on the outside. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um, I'm like this is just like ridiculous. Like there's not really anything to. And I don't want to sound like pessimistic or whatever. You can't be fixed. But you know what I mean? It's like no matter what amount of therapy these kids get in. You know, in any capacity, it's like this is going it, to like affect it may their not be life enough. forever, Forever. And it might yeah. not be enough for what? Because your ego, yeah, your insecurity, you got to flex. You got like the fuck, man. Yeah. yeah. And the sad part, like you, you were a coach, but you you were paid to coach, and it was a hard job. Imagine the guys is doing it free. The, the guys and girls doing it for free because right. they love the kid. If you want. Yeah. the money they spend it you know what i mean All so the, it, well that comes with it too yeah and then and now i still gotta argue with parents <laughs> like like come on man i'm i'm doing this really out of the kindness of my heart right i'm taking away from my family because for every minute i'm away from home i'm taking away from my family right. you know there's no other way to slice it yeah you know unless i have a kid that's on the team i'm literally taking away from my family to enrich yours mm-hmm. now i'm dead right make it make sense right and yeah. that that to me was infuriating yeah like, um, like I said, it was like a, um, you know, it's a permanent solution to a temporary, unnecessarily caused problem. That wasn't even a problem. You made this whole thing, mm-hmm. and now somebody's father is gone, somebody's brother. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all this stuff. Like, and for what? Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, it was, you know, it and, was upsetting in and, every sense of the word. And I, I hate it also with situations like that because we are so quick to blame other people for our problems. Right. Right. So if, if that would have been a white guy shot him, there would be protests. all. <laughs> so, be so I'm saying, where's the, where's the outcry now? Like right. it, it, there should be so many people upset raising 10 or 12 kinds of hell because of this. Right. Right. Because that is just as damaging in our community as anyone else mm-hmm. committing the same act. Right. And I don't, I didn't even like get into all that. I don't say I don't mean it like that. You know what I mean? I didn't even get to frustration in that era because I was so stuck on like you know the babies and the whatever. Right. But right. yeah, definitely though. Like with that, so yeah, everybody now is kind of like the whole thing is you know like we said this guy's gone out of the community, the family, and all those things are true. Yes. But there's not really an outrage. No, no, the, the outrage. Whatever his name is, I see a lot of sympathy for the guy that died. Right, but and that I don't, should be. But I don't not... see any anger for the guy that pulled the trigger. Right, and like you said, if it were, if it were, you know, if it were a white guy, yeah, y'all be out here burning stuff down. Man, it, it Fort Worth would be still under lock and key right now. Right, and I'm not saying that the answer is to go, you know, That's burn not this guy's th- house down or run up on his brother's house. I'm not saying that the end of the, is the answer, but it's like the tolerance. The tolerance is is a is a major problem. Yeah, like. Yeah. Why is that a thing? Yeah, that's that that we have to fix. We really do. We have to start holding each other accountable. Um, and when I say us, I don't mean me and you because we don't know the guy, but somebody right. does. Right. Somebody knows him. He's at somebody's house right now. It, mm-hmm. it may be his own. 
somebody's there with him, his wife, girlfriend, kids. Right. Like, do the right thing. Hey, man, you, you took this guy away from his family. Go turn yourself in. We need mm-hmm. to do the right thing. Right. Before it gets worse. Before it gets worse. You right. know, when I years ago I was I was uh I was at work actually was talking about this and it was a guy at a funeral and the police served the warrant on him at the funeral, right? His brother was murdered, but he was wanted for murder. Dang. Right? And so and I don't know how long the cops had been looking for him, but they served the warrant at the funeral because they knew that's where he would be. And people were mad, man, they didn't have to do that. I said or he could have already or turned himself in. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like Or not done whatever it was in the first place. Yes. You know, but but you've already you killed someone, you know there's a warrant for you. Go ahead and turn yourself in. Or if you didn't do it, go down there and clear it up. Right. If it was self defense, go clear it up. Right. But to duck and dodge right. and then get mad when they finally serve you. Right. And how they're treating you. Cause you brought that on yourself. Right. You know, I I, I hate uh the um the no knock warrants, man. Like that's to me, that's mm-hmm. that's the worst thing ever. Right. And, and Lord forbid when it's a mistake, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's the worst thing because if the cops kick my door in, I'm gonna think it's a a, a burglary, so right. I'm gonna shoot, right? So to me, uh, that a reason they should get rid of those. Mm-hmm. But to that point, if you know they are looking for you, carry your behind. <laughs> go on down there man don't stay at your your, your baby mama's house or your mother's right. house or your house for that matter right. and create a no knock warrant type situation and put your whole family at risk right just go and clear it up man do the right thing right. before it dominoes mm-hmm. and now there's innocent people hurt mm-hmm. and worse maybe even dead right yeah i, I can't yeah, i can't do look. it we talked about this um some months back and we were joking, bunny ears for the people listening, mm-hmm. like, but serious. Like, you know, oh, talking about like, you know, ride or die friends, if you will. Mm. It's like, oh, so-and-so's this type of friend, whatever. like, look at here. You ever get any type of stuff where somebody come in looking for you? You can't stay here. I ain't that kind of friend. No, no, I'm not. I'm the kind of like, friend that's going to tell you to go and turn yourself in, man, right. because you need because to do this right. Is, this is foolish. Yeah, yeah, just go and do right. Don't put everybody else in jeopardy, man. Like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just want us to start being more accountable for, for things. Like, I see on social media time to time, and it, it kind of pops up probably every year when school starts. Right. We need to – I wish they would teach more financial literacy in schools. You know, it, it's to educate. And I'm like – and I see legit parents doing this. I'm like, so what are you doing as a parent, you know? Right. I had my, – my very first bank account, I opened my very first bank account when I was 11 years old. Still got the same account today. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, when I went there to, to open the account, my mom went with me, of course. And, uh, you know, they gave you little temporary checks with the ledger. Right. That day, my mom took me home and showed me how to write a check mm-hmm. and how to balance a ledger. Mm-hmm. 11 years old. Right. That day, Liz pick on me now. I still use a ledger to this day, you know. But your money ain't funny. My money ain't funny. That's right. Never, never. If that computer mess up, this handwritten is gonna be right. Right. So, but uh, I just always want to ask parents. So, what are you gonna do? Right. You know, and it's funny. Like me, well, coincidental. Me and my father were speaking uh, a couple days ago, and I mentioned something that happened in school or whatever school being college. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, it's different. You know, we start getting those bills, whatever. Like he's like, people get caught off guard, you know, with like adulthood and the expense basically. And I was like, 
I was never caught off guard with like the expense you of, knew it was coming. of adulthood. Yeah. I said, of course, you know, that I was like, it's definitely ghetto sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was of like, course. but you know, <laughs> I was like, but no, I was like, even even when I was um when I got my first apartment, which was like my sophomore year, like this little townhouse. And my um my mom came over and she's like going, you know, you gotta check and make sure your kids eating and stuff, right? Of she course, takes all of in course. the pantry. She was like, Where are your groceries at? And so it was a townhouse, but there was four Three other people, it's four of us. Okay. So everybody had their own little section. I was like, well, that's not even mine. They're gone for the summer, or whatever. I was like, I'm paying bills. So I'm not leaving for the summer. Right. And so I was like, this is my section right here. He's like, there's not enough stuff in here. And I was like, it's just me. You fill it up. Everybody's going to be trying right. to get here. And then so she was laughing at me because I was just like, my grocery bill is like $14, $16 a week. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how? How? Yeah. And I was like, on average. I was yeah. just higher. I was like, I only have to get. Like meat, basically for the week, I have like you know bags of vegetables and you know that stuff. I was like, I have to get right. meat. I only drink water for the most part. I get one non, you know, non water thing. I was like, so that's we, it. We good, yeah. And I was like, your refrigerator is full because you have whatever else. Like if you clean out your refrigerator, there's probably like four things you actually need. That's correct. Yeah. Take out stuff, you know, whatever. So we go through all that. So I'm telling my dad, I was just like, so that was like a super tight budget. I was like, but I wasn't stressed by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um. And we never had conversations. All that stayed back to the financial stuff. I was like, we never really had full conversations about money, what to do, like whatever. But mm-hmm. my mother was really big, always on living below your means. Right. So like, you get a raise, you get a new job. That doesn't mean go that get don't new mean expenses. Go spend that. That's right. That's right. Like you know what I mean. You have to yeah. have money, like whatever. And I was telling my dad, I was like, even you, I was like, we've never talked money, like per se, like sit down, let's talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. And I reminded him of a conversation we had one time when I was. Um, much younger, like elementary age, we're in the store. And he's like standing, like looking at cheese, like forever. And I'm like, oh my God, it probably wasn't forever, but you know, that's like a four or five year old. Yeah. And I'm like, get the cheese. That's the one we normally get. And he was like, what are you doing? And he told me that he was looking at the prices. And he was like, we could get this for this much or we could get whatever, you know, like just yeah. the comparison. I was like, that conversation always stuck with me. Like, you know, uh-huh. that nickel and diamond will like catch up with you. Yeah. So I kind of gave him examples like that. And I was just like, so while we never sat down and had like full conversations, either one of y'all, like just, you know, yeah. paying attention and, telling you why you didn't do something mm-hmm. or you know whatever yeah so like you were saying all that to say to your point like are y'all teaching the children yeah it doesn't mean necessarily even lecture it's just like just little life lessons along the way like they're, that they're they always can listening see. always yeah. paying attention like just mm-hmm. literally by example so it's just like and i'm not gonna sit here in front like i just learned everything whatever i did have my third grade teacher actually taught us how to balance a checkbook which mm-hmm. was super dope um, so I learned that in third grade. So I was probably like eight or something. Right. But um, I'm just like, nah. Like, what are you doing? What do nah, your finances you. look like? Like, and also as an adult, like, how long do you get to blame someone else? Like, at what point do you say, you know what? I need to get get my shit together. Right. You know, because like you said, you were in college, you just kind of figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just it annoys me the people that get a ten thousand dollar income tax return. Every year, and there's always the one waiting on the ten thousand dollar income tax return. Right, like, like, you're in the same <laughs> boat every year, like every year. So you didn't you didn't learn anything right. last time, like you didn't, you know what I mean? And it's just uh, at some point you have to say, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. Right. You know, not not lack of money because if I get more, I'm probably just gonna spend more. Right. So maybe I'm the problem. Let let me look in the mirror. Right. You know. I did. Look in the mirror. You'll see your problem and also your yeah, answer. Solution, yeah, right, right like there. You said, like, how long are you going to blame people? So I've heard a lot over the last several years, and it seems to always be kind of with the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, you know, like with parental issues. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she got daddy issues. He got mommy issues. You know, like whatever. Or when people now start to announce it. Like, oh, yeah. I know I got daddy issues whatever. Okay. 
no, you have you issues. Yes. Because if you can identify the problem, you can it, fix the problem. Absolutely. But it's kind of like, like I, said, I keep hearing like in just this one capacity, but it's the case with everything. It has just so become a cliche thing. Issues, yes. It's, it has just been cool to say I have daddy issues. I have money issues. I have, no, you the issue. Right. You have you if issues. If you know what the problem is, yes. then you should not be working towards it if you cannot yes. identify it. So there's no reason to why this isn't. And I'm not going to say, since we're talking about money, right? I'm not going to act like adulting isn't ghetto. Like life doesn't happen. Like whatever. Right. Like, yes, it's okay to like have situations and to be tight or whatever. But if I've known you for 22 years, you <laughs> always in the same situation. You will always need money at this time. You always need to be. Yes. What's How is this your whole entire existence? What's the problem? Right. You like, know, I tell people, man, I, I just, I want to leave my job. And I said, well, what's the problem? Well, you know, I, I just need to take care of some bills and whatnot. And I, but you, every payday, I hear you, you're on your way to the Galleria, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're doing what it, what's forcing you to keep the job if you're increasing the bills. Right. You know, if you want to leave your job, the first thing you have to do is make sure you have no bills, necessities. You, right. You're going to have mortgage or rent. Mm-hmm. You got to put gas in your car, insurance, right. you know, um, Heat and electric, mm-hmm. you got to eat like the bear, right? But you don't have to have a new purse just because the new one came out, just because new sneakers and so forth and so on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of course, I love people being able to take a vacation every year, but you don't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Create a life that it is a vacation, you know, right? And Th- uh, it's part, fun right here. <laughs> we talk about creating lives. So, I was on the phone um, a week or so ago and I was telling somebody how, um, I decided I was going to pay my utilities like quarterly or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It was after a conversation with one of my uncles. He said he wanted to go on some cruise or whatever. I was like, I ain't got your kind of money. Cause it was kind of last minute. I was yeah. like, I got a plan for these things. Like you was just out in Australia or whatever. I was like, but I planned for that. Like, you know, right. I can't yeah. just double like, Let's take this Alaskan cruise or whatever it was. And he was like, Oh, I'm on a set income, this, that, and the third. And I was just like, you know, because yeah. I'm not counting your pockets, but you're good. Right. And <laughs> he was like, I'm on a fixed income. And then he said, I pay all my bills. I don't think he said for the quarter, maybe like every six months, but you know, whatever it was. Right. And he was like, because my money is set. And I was like, I can't even do that though. I said, I yeah. can't pay my bills for six months. Right. And then like the next day I was thinking about it. I was like, there's probably something you could pay for six months or even like for the quarter. And so I was like, I'll just pay like my, I think I do my utilities and I didn't do my phone bill for three, but I did it for like two. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, so I just started doing that. Like again, like here recently, and I was just like, this time's not stress me out. Because the first time I did it, I was like, be like, dang, I forgot to pay, I forgot to pay. And I, like, yeah. it was already paid. And by the time I stopped stressing about it, the quarter was over. It was time to pay yeah. stuff again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so. But it becomes a way of life, you know? Right. Yeah. She was like, you better create that lifestyle not having to worry about money. I was yeah. like, that is pretty much the feeling that we're going for. I was like, so obviously I'm not at a point where I can just like pay bills for the year or whatever. It's like. Right. But for these three months. We're not going to be pressed about, you know, like whatever. I was like, it is the baby step. So, yes, definitely yeah. create the life. But but the thought of want. even going in that direction is 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 beautiful. You know what I mean? Right. Because, like you said, it's so many ways of creating financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Everybody want not everybody. A lot of people want to think it's just a windfall of money. Like, right. oh, if I just got this ton of money, I don't want. No, you'll still be irresponsible. Right. You know. Right. Ross Perot said something once. He was running for president. And he was talking about rich versus poor. And he said... In America, if we took all the money and equally divided amongst everybody, mm-hmm. in five years, the rich will be rich again and the poor will be poor. <laughs> and, if, if that. And I, I think uh, 
he probably is right. You know, mm-hmm. I you know I can't. Of course, you can't say for every single person, because right. some rich people just got lucky. Some poor people just had bad luck. Mm-hmm. But a lot of poor people created their own poverty, mm-hmm. and a lot of rich people, you know, uh, worked hard. Right. You know, I, I don't like that whole thing that you know those that are rich are financially okay. Oh, they had it handed to them because it's just not true. Like, right. I know a lot of millionaires that worked that for worked. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it, was um, it was some, it was some sacrifice in there. Right. And sometimes the sacrifice, it's not even what you you didn't see it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't. We don't right. talk they about it. Bring out a flag. And yeah, the whole no. Big deal. And sometimes I, the sacrifice isn't even people are like. Oh well. You know, I don't want to have to work three jobs or whatever. You might not even have to do that. First of all, like, you yeah. know, if you assess Let's your start finances. There. Right. So, like, for me, I didn't, um, I don't know what year it was, but several years ago, I was like, I'm going to start make, taking, I always traveled a decent amount, but, like, domestically. I'm going to take, like, one international trip a year or whatever. But before that, when I was just doing, like, domestic stuff, my first job out of college did not pay well. Like, uh-huh. I was there for like four years, and the most I ever made was like 31, mm-hmm. like for the year. It wasn't like a great paying job. But anyway, it's like, oh, but you got this nice apartment. You're like, and all my money goes to said apartment, which right. I only got because of proximity, quite literally, right? But at any rate, and so, you know, I would travel every now and then. I was like, but I don't do anything else with my money. Yeah. Literally. And it takes me that time to save up that money for yeah. that trip, you know, like whatever. And so, I was talking to a cousin one time and she was like, well, I don't have, you know, whatever. And I was just like, what are you eating? Mm. Probably eating your money. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, every time I talk to you, you're, you know, over yeah. here, you're over there. And I was like, so even if we just do the lunch of the fast food, you already at, like, I think it came, it's like 420 or something. Yeah. Just for lunch. Yeah. But you eat off all your meals. Right. You have a whole mortgage. Yeah. And food. That's true. And she was like, dang. I don't think people realize how much money goes to habits and hobbies. Habits and hobbies take up a lot of money. Right. You know. Like, eating is expensive. It really is. Now, like, it I really eat is. at home. At the time, I was taking my um, I was taking my lunch to work, or I would go home because I literally worked five minutes away. Right. And so I was just, like, not eating out mm-hmm. is a whole lot of saved money. It really is. It really is. I don't think people realize it. Right. And God bless the people that smoke because I'm like, Lord Jesus. Habits that's, that's and hobbies. Oh, my habits and hobbies, man. <laughs> yeah, so like the sacrifice isn't that monumental. A lot of times, people just don't even know what they're spending. Yeah, because they're not keeping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, some some sacrifices you don't even think about. It's just a way of life, right? right. And habits they don't think about because it's a habit. They don't care what it costs. So yep, don't develop bad habits. Absolutely, that's probably the best financial advice right there. Don't develop bad habits. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> it is <laughs> merch. Now, absolute <laughs> audacity. Absolute. So, so I'm picky about interviews. You know, you are. I really am like, because a lot of them is usually the same old type of questions. You generic. Know? Yeah. And, and, and it's just kind of like, man, now. So, but when you called, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I got right. it. Cause for one, I know you, it's not going to be bullshit. I mm-hmm. start there. Cause mm-hmm. that's you, you're going to carefully think it out right. and, and have a plan and the whole nine. And so I was really excited. I was like, yeah, man. Right. And then, the interview itself was just super dope. Like, because with every question you had, I don't think it was like but three or four because we ended up just having yeah, great conversations. Yeah, we just kept on going on all these tangents. And <laughs> I don't think I'd ever heard any one of those questions before. Really? And and I appreciate that. So what made you do it? Um, Your interview? No, they, they, the, the, 
podcast the or the interview process, period. Like, because um, it's on Instagram. Do you call it podcast? I, I don't know. Not yet, but it's essentially going to be a podcast. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Um, so what made me come up with audacity in the first place was from a conversation, quite mm-hmm. naturally. I was talking with a friend, and they're like a web developer, app developer, and a similar app had come out. It's just like, oh, well, you know, I did that button. And I was just like, so I'm listening. This is way before the whole Kanye thing. But, you know, it's kind of like that. I'm going to let you finish. But so I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I was like, well, literally, I was like, the only difference. I was like, but they put it out first. So now it doesn't matter. If you drop it, you're second. You, yes. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, they can put it out. They can change it. They can tweak it. You know, whatever. But now you just that person, even if it's better. Even if it's better. And so I was like, you know what the difference is between you and them? I was like, they had the audacity of it. It was like, wow. I was like, they had the nerve. <laughs> I made it go. So I'm like joking around. I go through all stuff. I was like, they yeah. had the audacity. The absolute audacity. And I was like, it's a brand. That was yeah. probably like back in like 2013. Oh, wow. And um, that conversation just turned into just like nerve and audacity in general and like what separates, you know, people and i still use you know example. that's a book that's a book man. <laughs> that's, that's what separate the the people that took the leap and successful and the ones that had that great idea but they were too afraid exactly yeah and i still use that example to this day from that conversation that we had it was uh my friend daryl shout out young um i still use the example it's just like i told him i said you can talk to any person that's made anything great mm-hmm. that we deem great groundbreaking you know insert whatever right right I said, and you can ask them what's wrong with it. To this day, they could probably give you a laundry list yes. of things. Yes. So you can sit here all you want mm-hmm. and sit on this and not put it out, you know, like whatever. I said, so just get out there. Whatever it is, they haven't seen it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you have alphas, betas, whatever. iPhones on what? Like, I don't know, 15 or something. Now, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you just got to put it out there. So I'm like, the only thing that separates you is like the audacity. And then so... Fast forward years later. So I always wanted to be a conversation, but I didn't know in what capacity. Gotcha. It went from a magazine to an online magazine, like all these different things. Mm-hmm. And then I decided on a podcast, but me being, I'm getting away from it now, but being that whole perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. Being literally mm-hmm. what I'm saying to not be. Right. I was just like, I don't have this. I don't have that, you know. Um, And so I was like, in and of itself, that needs to be a conversation. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, because whoever you deem successful or even somebody that's like super confident, they have their own hangups too. Right. Yeah. They just have found a way to push through it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like my kind of like whole line with like, if I have to explain it like briefly, like my elevator pitch, I guess if you will, is empowering conversations to help you shorten length of time. So I want to have conversations with people like, what is your mindset? What did you think in these times? How do you get through whatever? I feel like yeah. that's more beneficial to me, you know, to me, to the audience that's saying this is like, oh, you know, you're a millionaire. And like, so how do you stay a millionaire? Uh, yeah. Hey, let's talk about how you got there. Yeah. Let's talk about the, you know, like what was the mental state? Like that doesn't right. mean anything to the person that's trying Absolutely. to get there. Yep. And so that's, that's why it's a conversation. And I think, I don't think I know if we normalize these conversations, so many people will put out so much more dope stuff. Mm-hmm, and I don't mm-hmm. even mean like doing stuff like monetary, just like them as people. Right. Some people want to do stuff just in their life that they won't do because they don't have the nerve to do it. And never seen it before. And they've never seen it. Yeah. Or they only see like the uber successful. Yeah. And they think, well, they can do it because they've already done all these things. Yeah. So it doesn't bother them. No. No, they still. They sure, took they a chance somewhere. They just. Yeah. Do it. That's correct. Or like I'll see people talk about. Like people like Beyonce, mm-hmm. who's like 
obviously a machine, very well packaged, curated. She doesn't talk much. She's not, you know, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of insight. And if Beyonce says some, something like, oh, I had anxiety about putting whatever out there, like, ah, it's this whole thing. Right, right, like, right. Beyonce's nerves was bad. Like, what do you mean she's human? <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. human. At some point, you just had to be like, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so if we normalize these conversations, people will feel, you know, mm-hmm. more okay doing it. We miss out on so much dope stuff because people are scared. Just too afraid. You know, it's funny. So, you know, I'm in Google next gen. Mm-hmm. And I've never met the two Google guys, but I met David. He's number three. Okay. And how he became number three, he shared with us. And it was so, it's just like, damn, you know. <laughs> so so these two guys created this, the algorithm for the search engine. Okay. And they went to a law firm. Well, and they a, a company wanted to give them $100,000 um, to invest in the company. But they have, at the time, hadn't it formed as a company, mm-hmm. you know, and the check is written out to Google. And they was like, we can't cash this because neither one of our names on it, we hadn't formed the company. Mm-hmm. So they go to this law firm to form the company, and David at the time was a junior attorney. They didn't really have money, mm-hmm. you know, can't cash this check. Right. So they work a deal out with him. He does all the stuff, and he's like, you know, just let me in on it. And so... Years later, he, he's still number three, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, but that that was, you know, they had the audacity to walk in there knowing they didn't have money for right. one. Two, he took a risk on them. He wasn't. He's not a tech guy. Mm-hmm. He knew law, you know. Right. And he had the audacity to say, "I'll do this work, right, and take this risk, and let's see where it goes." Because you know, Silicon Valley is full of people that it didn't work. You know, and I'm sure he way more than they made it. <laughs> absolutely, you know. So, but you won't know unless you try. Exactly. You know, and when um, you do like those things, I did a um my very first uh, interview actually was Ro Parrish, and one of the things that he said I thought was like super dope. He was basically saying like those moments of you know failure or whatever, like those times I'm like you know life puts you on your ass basically. Yeah, it's like that helps you get your nerve. You know, because the next time. especially when you have like the major, I don't yeah. say failures, but you know, failures, whatever, right? It's just like, it's going to pale in comparison to a lot of stuff that comes along the way. You Correct. know what I mean? So it's kind of like, okay, well, I dealt with that. So yeah. this is light work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it sucks when it happens. You know, when you're going through it, Absolutely. It's, it's all the things. But it's just like, when that next thing comes up, you like, that was nothing. Hey, not hardly. I, this is in my book. I talk about it, but. And I've shared an interview. I lost a hundred thousand dollars in one, mm-hmm. my second show. Mm-hmm. So anything after that, I'm like, oh, man. Right. but I, I can probably say I've never lost money since that day. You know, but because you got it right. Yeah, well, because I knew all of the things that I didn't want to do again. And that show was actually a great show. It's mm-hmm. just it was poor execution on my part. Okay. But uh, but yeah, it it I learned a big lesson. I didn't I didn't cry. I didn't falter. Hey, I had an event the next day. You so time for that. yeah, I had to just keep my chest stuck out and show up like like a promoter does. Like yeah, man, we right. Hey, it was all good, man. Don't worry about that little money. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> but uh, right. But yeah, I had to just you know keep. You had to eat that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know make sure everybody's paid and and come back, get on the drawing board, and start back over. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did. But to your point, yes, when you have that type of catastrophe in one night, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of things seem small after that. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, before we go, uh, do you have any questions for me? We don't have that kind of time. I 
always have questions for you. Okay, well, I'm going to have uh, you back. I'm going to have you back <laughs> for sure. I'm going to sure have you back. But before we do go, please tell the complicated camp where they can find you, uh, you know, things you got coming up and whatnot. Man, complicated camp. I like that. Um, you can find me on I mean, I'm on Twitter, but but you can find me on Facebook <laughs> and on Instagram. Um, Absolute Audacity, literally just all together. No periods, no anything. Um, for production needs, on Instagram, it is 7M Productions. M like made. <laughs> yeah. Um, SeventhMade.com. And upcoming things. I'm actually opening a studio. Yep. I'm excited a, about a that. A content studio. So video um, and photography. There will be a podcast studio in Dope. there. Um, and a flex space, but for intimate events, you know. Yeah. And Absolute Audacity will become an official podcast in the coming months. Dope. And that's that's about it. Look, look, that's enough. That's a lot, but I love <laughs> it, man. I love it. Well, I again, I want to say thank you for coming through. Uh, it's always a pleasure. We have great conversations off mic, so we finally did trap one, you know, right. or trap two. We did mine and now yours. So. Uh, again, thank you for doing this. Well, I appreciate the invite. I was just like so excited. I was like, what? Carlos? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> it's about to go down. I'm official, official. This is actually my first podcast. Oh, yeah? Yep. Well, I'm glad I'm glad it was mine. Boom. Thank it's you. only right because you were my first absolute audacity. That's person. true. That's true. Boom. Thank you for listening to the Life is Not Complicated You Are podcast. For more information about Carlos, please visit www.carloswallace.com. You are now listening to the Life is Not Complicated, You Are podcast. Divided or delusion, let's be clear.